the Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am your host, Sheila Zielinski, for this January 16th, 2017 edition. Thank you so much for tuning into the program today. We're having a fantastic winter book giveaway. If you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, go do that. In fact, all you have to do is type in YouTube, Sheila Zielinski, it'll bring it up. Or you can simply go to weekendvigilante.com. Why is this important? Because of the fact that we're having a lot of live streaming going to be happening. We're going to start doing some video. I would really like to do some things like that. But everything takes time and resources. And so we'll get to those as we can. I'm just doing the best I can right now with what I have. I do know that we're going to be trying to do a few more things that people suggest. But right now, I've just got my hands full with my health issues. And I do want to just give you a quick update. Um, The swelling is turned into a lump. It's actually a lump. So I kind of was saying it wrong. It's a swollen lump not swelling. So I did a litany of blood work and now I'm just waiting for the results of the blood work. And of course, the MRI is slated for sometime this month. They're going to do a back-to-back MRI and a CT scan to find out what's going on. My medical doesn't cover MRIs and CT scans, so yikes. Uh, They're pretty costly. So we'll see what happens in the next week. So right now I can't walk on that leg. I'm not supposed to be putting any weight on it. The doctor would prefer me to just be bedridden but that's going over like a lead balloon. So please do keep me in your prayers. You know how I feel about the power of prayer. Well, speaking of powerful, I have a very powerful guest back on who is doing a two-part series today and tomorrow. This part one is entitled The Covenants. We already did a show on the Kabbalah, but this series is really going to connect the dots for everyone. So grab a pen, grab a pad, because you're going to want to take notes today and tomorrow. Trust me on that. Pastor John Terrell, welcome back to the program, sir. I'm going to hand you the mic. Take it away, sir. Well, thank you very much, Sheila, and uh, praise the Lord. And I'm going to start today by talking about the covenants. Now, in our world today, whatever you do, we are governed by laws. For example, um, in order for you to hold property, you have to have a deed that is recorded at the county recorder's office. And if you have a car, that is also recorded. You're the legal owner. you got a pink slip, what we call here in America. If you don't pay it in cash, then, of course, the bank holds the title to it, and you drive the car, and you get the title when the car is paid off. So what I want to do today is this. Using the Bible and not putting in any of my own personal input, but simply finding out what kind of laws did God create or did he give to mankind? And what kind of covenants did he give with people, particularly Israel? And I want to start out with the first law. Most people have never thought about this, but God actually gave a set of laws from the beginning. When Adam and Eve were created, there was a set of laws. And let me read to you these laws, and then we're going to read the scriptures. In this law, number one, they were to be fruitful, have children, and repopulate the earth. Now, it is interesting when it says repopulate the earth, which means that something has been lost. And on this particular program, I don't have time to do it, but there was a pre-existing civilization on the earth prior to Adam and Eve. You find this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, Ezekiel, chapter 28. And this is when Lucifer reigned on this earth, and he had nations, people, cities, commerce, wars, all kind of things that he actually was a very nasty time on earth. So that's prior to this. The second thing, they were to subdue the earth. This means they were to develop the resources God had deposited upon the earth and develop civilization so that mankind could live and work in harmony. 
Now, you find the environmentalists, they say, well, we got to cover this, we cannot develop this here, we got to save this area, and so on. And God simply put down the oil, he put down the coal, he put down the metals inside the earth for us to dig up, to use. And so God delights in when people build cities, highways, develop it. And so environmentalists have not understood what God said he wanted the earth to be developed. Thirdly, they were to have dominion over nature to make sure that the environment in which the animals, birds, and fish live were not damaged. So we are not to damage things, but we are to develop it. And fourthly, they were to be vegetarians. Very interesting. In the first law that God gave to Adam and Eve, he said, you are to be vegetarians. And then fifthly, the last law is called the law of death. And they were not to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So let me read to you right now, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I give unto you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which is a fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And I'm reading, by the way, in the King James Version. And when you find the word meat in King James Version, it can mean flesh. It can also mean bread, food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, where there's life, I've given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So the animals did not kill one another. No one was eating anyone except they were eating grass, herbs, and fruit for the trees. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then in Genesis 2.16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in that day that you eat of, you shall surely die. Most of us, as Christians, have kind of just don't think too much about these laws. But these were the laws given. So man has always been under the law. God simply said, I'm going to govern you, and this is what you do, and this is what you do not do. The fifth one, the law of death, not only applied to Adam and Eve, but is applied to their offspring. And from this day when they fell into sin, you and I had been under the law of death. The law of death cannot be satisfied by you and me. There is nothing we can do. We are condemned to die. And we are condemned to the lake of fire. Every baby born immediately is born condemned to death. And this law, which was given to Adam and Eve, still stands today. And so this is a hopeless situation if you think about it. There's nothing we as humans can do about it. And the only one that could set aside the law of death, commute our sentence, was and is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He's the only one. But if the, he does not save you, you are sentenced to death, the second death, the lake of fire. Let's move now 1,676 years. And we have now come up 
to after the flood. The life between Adam and Eve and to the flood was a long period, 1,676 years that Satan reigned on earth. You had angels having sex with women, fallen ones, the Nephilims. It was an awful time. God sent the flood, and then God simply revised his first set of laws. And I'm going to take it to Genesis chapter 9. That's Genesis, the ninth chapter. And um, we're going to start in verse number 2 and read it through 3. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moves upon the earth and upon all fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you. Even as a green herb have I given you all things. Now, God simply now changed his law of us being vegetarians. And in the revision now, he said, you can eat flesh of animals. So with other words, where you have churches that are simply saying we've got to be vegetarians, they do not really know what they're talking about. Yes, we started out as vegetarians, but it was changed after the flood. Now, if you take a good attorney that is uh, defending somebody for a crime, that attorney would simply say, I'm going to go and look for the original law. Had it been any revisions? Uh, do we have any case history? And so if there was an original law and years later there was a revision, a good lawyer would pick that up and he would simply say, well, this is originally what the law said, but it was changed in year, whatever year it was, and so we're going to go by the revision. So we now have to go by the revision of the first law given. Then God said, this is, not a, this is not a revision, but this is an add-on. He simply said, you cannot eat blood. That came long before God gave Moses the law. So this is for the revision now. And verse number four, but flesh with a life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. And then the third thing in this revision, any person who committed murder was to be executed, and any animal that killed a human being was also to be put to death. Verses 5 and 6. And surely your blood of your life will have required, at the hand of every beast will have required it, and at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will have required life of man. Whosoever sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. So let's just quickly summarize now. We had the first law, and now 1,676 years later, we had a revision. No longer mandated to be vegetarians. That's a revision. Add on. You cannot eat blood or drink blood. And thirdly, any person that takes another person's life shall be executed. Those were the laws that God had from the time of Adam and then also here from the time of Noah. Now, what about the covenant laws? There were several covenants between God and mankind prior to Moses. Um, there are a number of covenants, and we're going to look upon them here because it's important that we understand that. So if we turn to Genesis chapter 9, where we are right now, the first covenant that God made with man was a covenant with Noah. And we read from Genesis 9, verse number 8. And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, 
and with your seed after you. And with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a token of the covenant which I made between me and you and every living creature that is in you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud. It shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. The rainbow. Now, God made a covenant with Noah and with his offspring, which is you and I, and said this, I will never again flood the entire earth and kill everybody. I make a covenant, Noah. It will not happen again. As a token, I have the rainbow. When you see the rainbow, remember my covenant with you that I will not flood the earth again. Now, the homosexuals have stolen the rainbow and they have made it into their symbol, which is the desecration of the first covenant that God made with man when he made it with Noah. The second covenant was between God and Abraham. Let's turn up to Genesis chapter 15. There's Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to read uh, a few verses down here from verse 1. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what would you give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold to me, you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he shall come forth out of your own bow, it shall be your heir. And he brought forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, he counted for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you out of your, out of the Chaldees, to give you this land to inherit it. And then in the same chapter, we go down to verse number 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto your seed have I given this land. For the river of Egypt, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. He describes the people living in there. So let me go back and read this. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto your seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. This was a land covenant. This had nothing to do with atonement, paying of sins. This was a land covenant. Now, this covenant was reconfirmed to Isaac. And we turn to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down unto Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. Sojourn this land, and I will be with you, <clears throat> and will bless you. For unto you and your seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham my father, unto Abraham your father. Now, another land covenant. So this was made now with Isaac, where God simply said this, this is what I will do, I confirm my covenant. My covenant with Abraham has now been transferred to you, Isaac. Then if we go to Genesis chapter 35, we are now going to find the covenant being confirmed to Jacob. That's Genesis chapter 35, and we pick it up here in verse number 9. 
And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob. And Jacob, by the way, means swindler. But Israel, which means a prince of God, shall be your name. And he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful, multiply, a nation and company of nations shall be of you. And kings shall come out of your loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to you, I will give it. And to your seed after you will I give the land. So now we have a land covenant that was given to three men, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Moses was called to lead the people out of Egypt, God began to give Moses new laws that he wanted the children of Israel to obey. Most of them dealt with everyday life, sacrifices, and the setup of the tabernacle. But God also gave Moses and the people a universal law that was to govern all mankind and became known as the Ten Commandments. And you find that in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 1 through 17. So to the seed of Nam, we had the first law, first laws given to Adam and Eve. The revision given to Noah. And now, 920 years after Noah, God again revised his laws. And they started out with the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments have no salvation in them. There's no atonement. The laws that God gave Adam, Noah, and Moses is simply to govern our life on this, our lives on this earth. But let me now get to the covenant between God and Israel. As the aforementioned covenants were made between God and individuals, it was in the wilderness after the exodus from Egypt that God made a covenant with the people of Israel. This is referred to as the first covenant. And let me stop now and really try to emphasize this. Abraham had a covenant with God, but that's not the first covenant. Isaac had a covenant with God, but that's not the first covenant. Jacob had a covenant with God, but that's not the first covenant. This covenant took place 920 years after Noah. And let's turn to Exodus chapter 24, and I'm going to pick it up here in verse number 1. And he, that's God, said to Moses, Come up unto the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seven to the elders of Israel, and worship you afore of. And Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall your people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, rose up early in the morning, and built an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel with offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood, put in basins, half of the blood is sprinkled on the altar, and he took the book of the covenant, read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, and said, Behold the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you, concerning all these words. This covenant now was not between God and Moses. It was between God and the people of Israel. This is the first covenant. When you read the book of Hebrews, you talk about the first or the second covenant. The first covenant is this covenant. When God simply made a covenant with the people of Israel and himself. Now, this covenant consisted of two parts. First, we had the atonement. 
Now, God had promised Adam and Eve that a Savior would come. You find in Genesis 3.15. Now, if you have read the book of Enoch, Enoch had two books. If you've read them, it's fantastic. Now, Enoch lived about 700 years after Adam. And Enoch, the Bible says, was taken up and into heaven and came back. He later was translated. But Enoch is the first one to preach the gospel. And you'll find in the book of Enoch that he refers to the Son of Man. Now, for years, I've been walking with the Lord now since 1967. And I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so on. And I read there, you know, Jesus referred himself to the Son of Man. And I said, okay, Son of Man, what does that mean? I couldn't figure it out. Where did that title come from? That title was given to Enoch by God, the Son of Man. And if you read in the book of Enoch, it talks about salvation. It talks about Jesus coming. And it gives a whole lot of description. And Job was a contemporary of Abraham. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan or Palestine. Job lived on the other side, which today would be called Jordan. And Job and Abraham had not met. They were not collaborating. But Job had a complete understanding of the Messiah. Let me read to you here from Job chapter 19. Very interesting. That's the book of Job. We're going to turn to chapter 19, and I'm going to pick it up in verse 23. All of my words were not written, all they were printed in the book, that they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. After my skin, worms destroyed his body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job knew that the end, there will be a resurrection. And he said this, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, do my reins be consumed within me. So we have Job now saying, there is a Messiah coming. Now, the Passover began in Egypt, and the people were told to keep that tradition from year to year. And you find that in Exodus chapter 12, verses 2 through 27. Now, I'm not going to read that, but I'm going to describe the Passover to you. The Passover was a part of the atonement, where God simply, actually Jesus speaking to Moses, and he simply said, you take a lamb, every family take a lamb, it's going to be blameless, you slaughter it, and on a certain day you shall eat it, and after you slaughter the lamb, you take the blood, and you strike it on the doorpost, on, the, on your door, and that will be a token, that will be a sign when the angel of death comes, he will see the blood and he will pass over. He will pass you and he will not kill. Now, that was to be kept year after year until the Messiah came. This is part of the first covenant. The next thing I want to share with you is the high priest was to enter the holiest of holy in a tabernacle once a year. And offer sacrifice for himself and the people. If you turn on to Exodus chapter 30. That's the book of Exodus. And we're going to go to chapter number 30. And I'm going to pick it up in verse number 10. And we read this. And Edward shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once a year. Once in a year. And the blood of the sin offering of atonement once in a year shall he make an atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is the most holy unto the Lord. Now, once a year, this is called Yom Kippur. The high priest was to go in to the holy of holy and sacrifice and for the sins of the people for one year that has passed. So, we got two events. The Passover, which takes place in April, May, and the Yom Kippur, which is in September. Two days that simply has to do with the first covenant. 
and they were doing this continually. Let me summarize now. Before I summarize it now, let's talk about the land covenant. And to do that, we turn out to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And this is where uh, some people that are Christians are not really understanding. God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the land of Canaan would be the homeland of their descendants. But this covenant was conditional, and it had to depend upon the behavior of the people. If they turned away from God's laws and lived in sin, God would then cast them out from the land. Listen closely now. The blood covenant, the atonement, was kept year after year. But God told the people of Israel, the land is yours as long as you obey. If you stop obeying, I will kick you out of the land. Let's read that now. That's from Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we read verse number 15. But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And if you talk about a curse list, this is the worst one that we have. But I'm going to turn to verse number 60 right now. God said this, Moreover, he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt, which you were afraid of, and they shall cleave unto you. Now, Jewish people have a peculiar thing that other people do not have. They have a disease that is confined to within the Jewish people. That disease, they know about it. There's no cure for it. And this is something they've been struggling with for centuries. And God said that's part of the curse. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of the law, then will the Lord bring upon you until you be destroyed. You shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. To come to pass that the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught, and you shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess it. And the Lord shall scatter you among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there you shall serve all the gods which neither you nor your fathers had known even wood and stone. And among these nations shall you find no ease, neither shall the sole of your foot have rest. But the Lord shall give you a trembling heart, and failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. And your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you shall fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, Would God it were even? Even you shall say with God in mourning, for the fear of your heart, wherein you shall fear, and for the sight of your eyes, which you shall see. And the Lord shall bring you into Egypt again with ships, by the way where I speak it to you. You shall see it no more again, and there you shall be sold unto your enemies, for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Now, this is a strong statement that God gave through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And the question then is this, has this been fulfilled? And the answer is yes. The land covenant is no longer in force. The 10 northern tribes lost their land and captive Samaria in 721 B.C. to the Assyrians. If you read in Chronicles, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and so on, you find that the 10 northern tribes were taken by the Assyrians, and they were removed out of the land and scattered in other parts of the Assyrian Empire, and the land was taken over by Assyria. Some of the descendants of the ten northern tribes came back, and they became known as Samaritans. 
and the Jews hated them. So at the time of Christ, you had Galilee in the north, which was populated by Jews. You had Samaria in the middle, populated by Samaritans. And the Samaritan, the reason they hated them was that when the ten northern tribes were scattered, they started to intermarry. So they were a mixed race. They were not pure. And that's why the Jews hated them. And you read in, in the gospel, you, you know, they didn't like the Samaritans. In the south, where you had Jerusalem and Judah, that's where the Jews lived. That's the time of Christ. That's how it was developed at that time. Now, the Jews lost their land in 587 B.C. to the Babylonians. And we had the Babylonian captivity. So, 721, the northern part was taken away. 687, the southern part was taken away. And the kingdom of Israel ceased to exist. The kingdom of Israel. I got to interject something here. We have the kingdom of God, which is spiritual. We have the kingdom of Satan, which is spiritual. And we have the kingdom of Israel, which is a physical kingdom. More in a few moments here. After 70 years of captivity in Babylon, King Cyrus decreed that the Jews who wanted to return to Judea and Jerusalem could do so. There were more than one million Jews living in Babylon and Persia, but only 42,360 Jews, men, took advantage of this offer. And I want to read that to you because I think it's important because many of you have never heard of this. Ezra chapter 2, if you read from verse number 64, the whole congregation together was 40 and 2,303 score, besides their servants, their maids, of whom there were 7,330 and seven, and there were among them 200 singing men and singing women. Now, God allowed Jews to return, but he never told them to have an independent country. They were allowed to live in the land, but God never commissioned them to rule the land. They're allowed to live there. 42,360 Jewish men came back, and the rest of them stayed in Babylon. The Jews never regained political control over the promised land. It was hoped that the Messiah would remove all foreigners and reestablish the kingdom of Israel. I'm sure that you recall in the Gospels where it says that men came to try to force Jesus to be the Messiah. So in order for you to understand the Messiah concept from a Jewish viewpoint, the Jews felt that the Messiah would be a political leader, a military leader. He would simply come in, clean out the Romans, establish the kingdom of Israel, and conquer all the nations in the world, and rule out of Jerusalem, and the Jews would rule with him over all nations. That's the mindset of the Jews at the time of Christ. That's the mindset of the Kabbalistic Jews today. The same mindset. And that's what Jesus said when Pilate said, Are you the king of the Jews? He said, My kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is in each one of us. His kingdom is spiritual. If we turn now to the book of Acts, chapter 1. That's the book of Acts, chapter 1. Even the apostles still could not get over. When is he going to establish the kingdom of Israel? And I'm going to read to you here from Acts 1, 6 through 7. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Most of you don't have history background. But the Jews have rebelled four times. The first time was the Maccabean Revolt. And that's where we got the Hanukkah from, the Hanukkah holiday they have. And the Maccabeans were able for a short time to control Jerusalem 
and hold the land until they were defeated. And then we had revolts in 70 AD. We had a revolt about 50, 60 years later. And when a Jew simply tried to, with force, kick out the Romans and establish the kingdom of Israel. And every time they did, they were defeated. And history tells us in the history books that every time they were defeated, men and women were taken as slaves and sold into all of the Roman Empire, in the entire Roman Empire. The last revolt by Bar Kokka, which was about 120 AD, the Roman Empire said, I'm tired of these Jews. Once and for all, I'm going to clean out the land. And they cleaned out the land. Every man and woman of younger age, 35 and down, were sold as slaves, taken to Egypt in ships, and then shipped all over the Roman Empire and sold as slaves. The rest of them were killed or driven away. And after 150 AD, there were only a very few Jewish people left in the land. They tried hard to establish the kingdom of Israel. And they couldn't do it because, you see, it can only be done by Jesus. The first covenant does not exist anymore. It came to an end at the moment Jesus died on the cross and will never be revived again. Any Jews trying to keep it alive are laboring in vain. Let me quickly turn here to Hebrews chapter 8. That's the book of Hebrews chapter 8. And I want to pick it up in verse number 6. But now he, that is Christ, has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he's the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regard them not, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to be a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins, and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he says, A new covenant he has made the first old. Now that which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. The land covenant that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had, and the people of Israel under the first covenant, does not exist anymore. It has been replaced. The second covenant came 4,149 years after Adam. As we read the New Testament, it is very important that you understand that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was not a Gentile church. It was a Jewish church. It was a church for Israel, the 12 tribes. Jesus' mother was of the tribe of Judah. She gave Jesus a body of flesh and bones. Jesus was in the lineage of King David, the tribe of Judah. All the apostles were Jewish, except Paul, who was in the tribe of Benjamin. The first people got saved, the 3,000 people that got saved in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were not Gentiles. They were Jewish people. God's second covenant, as we read here in Hebrews, was made between God and Jesus Christ 
to replace the first covenant and bring the people of Israel into the second covenant. It was not made for the Gentiles. The Gentiles are grafted in. We have been added in. But the second covenant was for the people of Israel. Let me take you right now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, the Jews today and the Jews at the time of Christ, they tried to reject the second covenant. They reject Jesus. And they call it Christians. They call it for Gentiles. It is not for them. If they have known the Old Testament, if they read the New Testament, they will find that this was for them. And they rejected it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we read this from verse number 18. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, the first covenant was between God the Father and the people of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. The people could not keep their part, and the first covenant was done away with. The second covenant is between God the Father and God the Son. It cannot be broken. It is iron-clad, and thus we can trust and know that the second covenant will last not only on this earth, but through eternity because through eternity, we're going to be in heaven under the first covenant that will never, never change. Jesus is the only way to this covenant. And I'm going to wrap this up here quickly. In John chapter 14, verse number 6, we read this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You had to come under the second covenant through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, Jesus said the following. John 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, said unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, said to you, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Notice now, not the kingdom of Israel, but the kingdom of God. That's the second covenant. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. So let me quickly wrap this up and summarize this. The first covenant does not exist anymore. The land covenants that God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob do not exist anymore. They do not exist. Jewish people have no legal right to the land that they have claimed. Jesus has said, he spoke through the prophet Ezekiel, he said, I will restore Israel, the physical Israel. When is it going to be restored? In the thousand-year kingdom. And I will bring that out in my next segment in this series. Excellent. Thank you so much, John. This is a really important series. Again, it's part one and two, folks, of the series Israel, the Kabbalah, and the Antichrist. This part one, again, is called The Covenants. And... John is going to be back with us tomorrow, which is Tuesday the 17th, on part two of this series. John, thank you so much. This is a lot of information for folks to process. And, of course, after tomorrow, I really want to have you back to do a follow-up show answering all the questions that people have because I know there is going to be a ton of questions and there is nothing more contentious than this topic of Israel. And I think you've laid this out so good today. It really helps people understand the land issue and who really is Israel and get into more of that tomorrow. And I think you're really going to connect all the dots tomorrow. And I'm really looking forward to having you back on that. John, thank you so much for coming on. And we will 
again, do the part two tomorrow. Thank you, John, again, for really laying out such excellent information, sir. Thank you for having me. Folks, that was John Terrell. His information is linked on today's bio. That is January 16th, 2017. Do order those seven booklets on the Kabbalah. There is no one that I have ever met that lays this out so good, but so easy to connect all the dots. I was floored. Personally, I think these should be required reading for every Christian. And another thing that's an amazing resource is go to John's website and click on Resource Center, that tab, and then go to Magazines and check out the Dove magazine, which is published two times a year. And they had a number of contributing writers. One of my favorites, Anthony Sutton, who wrote America's Secret Establishment, An Introduction to the Order of the Skull and Bones. I'm going to tell you what, that's one of my favorite all-time books. He wrote Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. So many incredible books. And so, again, you have him contributing to a lot of these writings. And who knows how long they'll be in circulation. I think this is Wonderful that John has given us an opportunity to order these, even though they're out of circulation. So again, that link is there on today's bio, as well as the direct link for the seven booklets on the Kabbalah. Just go to weekendvigilante.com and go to the bio, and you'll see those links there. Or you can simply go to John's website, go to the Resource Center at the top of his page. That's eaec.org which stands for European American Evangelistic Crusades. That's eaec.org. And I highly recommend going back and listening to this. Do not do this series without getting yourself a pen and a pad of paper. Take notes. And I suggest looking all those scriptures up at the end as well. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. We will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.